0: Suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday in our, our church here is, is called the baptism of our Lord Sunday. Hence, we just heard that account that Robbie just read of Jesus's baptism in the River Jordan. Uh, It was done by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when Jesus comes to John to be baptized, John says, no, 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 you you should be baptizing me. Because he had just pointed to Jesus and said, There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So who am I to baptize you? But Jesus insists, and John baptizes him. So Jesus plunges is plunged under the waters of the river uh, Jordan. And as you just heard, the heavens open. The Holy Spirit alights, descends on Jesus in the form of a dove. And a voice, a God the Father, speaks from from heaven, saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but we have a uh, stained glass window that captures uh, that moment over there, right below the Tiffany window with the crown, it's a little dark, uh, and after the service you probably won't get to see it, but check it out sometimes. I don't know how accurately the... Artists captured that moment. Um, we sometimes call that the six-pack Jesus window uh, because look at his abs; they're like legit sculpted. He is—he uh, is—he's got some abs there and pecs too. I mean, um, who knows? Maybe he did. Nonetheless, you—you you you do see him emerging uh, from the baptismal waters. Last year, 2019. We had 49 baptisms at Christ Church. If you ever come in the morning, uh, the early service, the 9 o'clock service, you know we have tons and tons and tons of kids. And um, we had 49. I was really hoping for 50. Um, and so, as a matter of fact, we took 10 days and we went to California, my family and I, at, right after Christmas. And we had an Airbnb. It was very California and there are Buddha statues everywhere. And I baptized one of the Buddha statues uh, hoping it would count. You're not laughing at that. So just a little bit irreverent, and here we are in 2020. So you might imagine, and you'd be right about this, uh, that some parts of a minister's life get tiresome when the years add up, but baptizing people, that's not one of them. Um, you, you just, um, the privilege and uh, the joy you can just never lose of of baptizing somebody, of, of making the sign of the cross with the oil that we have on on a forehead and saying these words, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism. You are marked as Christ's own forever. Forever. It's, um, they're powerful words. They're powerful words. I remember saying those words to an adult that I was baptizing and I made the sign of the cross on her forehead and said those words, and she just broke in weeping. And minutes and minutes went by. The, the power of what is being communicated from God the Father to you in those words, if we were all to let them sink down in the crevices of our psyches, in the places where we, we accuse ourselves and we feel terrible, uh, to know that we are marked as Christ's own forever, then I think the legitimate response for all of us would be to weep. Um, uh, we're finally on the other side of Christmas, uh, the 12 days of Christmas. I know it seems like years and years ago, but just Monday was the, was the, the epiphany, the 12th day. And um, this time of year, i like to read W.H. Auden's poem, For the Time Being. It's a Christmas oratorio, and I feel like uh, he captures the feeling that we have uh, as Christmas is behind us. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's very accessible, so stay with me. I uh, think he's talking about Christmas, Auden says, Well, so that is that. Now we must dismantle the tree, putting the decorations back into their cardboard boxes. Some have got broken and carrying them up to the attic. There are enough leftovers to do, warmed up for the rest of the week. Not that we have much appetite, having drunk such a lot, stayed up so late, attempted quite unsuccessfully to love all of our relatives. And then he says, this is the key line, we have in general grossly overestimated our powers. In other words, we just think that we can do so much more than we can actually do. We, we, we think so much more highly of ourselves and what we expect ourselves to do than, than what we actually are in real life. We grossly overestimate our powers. We try to do that Christmas New Year's routines and regimens come in, we're 12 days in, and you probably have grossly overestimated in your powers about that. It's a good motto for any time of the year. But then Auden says this is not just true about just life stuff, um, but our relationship with God, our, our desire to be in relationship with Him and to maybe read the Bible or, be, or pray more or uh, be more connected to Him. Auden says, once again, as in previous years, we have seen the actual vision, you know, joy to the world, Jesus in the manger, and failed to do more than entertain it as an agreeable possibility. We are the promising child who cannot keep God's word for long. And that's just, I think, a realistic assessment of our lives in terms of God. We can't keep God's word for long. And that's why, you see... Baptism, or what it actually conveys or represents, is so powerful. Now, just very briefly, the Book of Common Prayer tells us about sacraments. There are two of them, baptism and communion. And there's an outward and visible sign in the sacrament that communicates or represents an inward reality, inward and spiritual grace. So in baptism, obviously, it's water, and what is communicated is, is you are marked as Christ's own forever. Not comma, full stop. That means no matter what you do, that means no matter what you don't do, that means no matter what is done to you, you are his forever. As he says to Jesus, because Jesus is baptized for us, You are His beloved child. With you, God is well pleased. Independent of everything else, and I I feel this is the word that we need, just as we go through life. Because um, also the reality of life is life is just is filled with difficulties and struggles. Um, Dave Matthews' song, I think it came out last year, "Samurai Cop," which is the one where he says, "Oh joy, begin." Um, I love that song. In it, he remembers the exquisite joy of his child being born. And he, he just remembers the day. Oh, joy begin. Weak little thing. More precious, there'll be nothing. No. Oh, joy begin. And why he wants to recall that moment is because he, he recognizes as that as we grow up and we go out into the world, well, we enter a world filled with, with difficulty. And I like his language for it. He says... We lose our way in fear and pain. That's just a gracious way to talk about what happens to us in our life, though our intentions may be good. We find um, through vicissitudes or our own willfulness, we lose our way in fear and in pain, realities in our lives. I saw a T-shirt in the... um, in the airport, or coming back from California, that said, pain is just weakness leaving the body. Well, I thought, well, if that's true, like, I've got plenty of weakness, and it's lazy, too, because it's staying in the body. It's just lolligagging there. It's not going anywhere. And I've got fear, too, and it's there, too. Maybe it's afraid to leave the body. But pain and fear uh, are, are just whoop and wharf of what it means to be a human being today or any day so we lose our way in fear and pain that's what makes it so poignant and powerful especially to baptize a little baby a little baby i did one yesterday we you bring this baby families bring these babies here and um you, as a parent, you don't have to be a parent to know what I'm f- talking about here, but you want so desperately to protect your child from harm, from fear and pain. And yet, every single one of us babies will grow up and enter into fear and pain, losing his or her way. So sometimes, being marked as Christ stone forever... It's all you've got to hold on to. Or a better way to say it is that it's all that holds on to us. There is, a, uh, I think, a profound scene of baptism in the movie, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Zach is a Down syndrome um, young man who uh, has escaped in nothing but his underwear from a nursing home that he was just socked into by the state and just by happenstance, he's, he connects with Tyler, who was another young man who has definitely lost his way in fear and pain. And these two outsiders uh, team up and they journey to what uh, they find out to be a defunct pro-wrestling camp in the boondocks of North Carolina. And they don't have any way to get there. They go to this sort of junkyard and they attempt to scavenge some materials to, to build a boat and while they're doing that, they get shot at. Boom, boom, boom. Um, the shooter turns out to be this elderly blind man named Jasper. Jasper is a preacher. Despite his, his blindness, physical blindness, he sees that, that Zach and Tyler are in need and desperation. And so he offers them, he commands them, really, baptism, to be baptized. And as he baptizes Zach in this river in Backwoods, uh, North Carolina, he baptizes Zach, plunging him down in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Jasper says these words, Zach, today is the first day of your life. Nothing can touch you now under the grace of the Lord. Let all the wolves of your past be laid to rest. All the wolves of your past laid to rest. It's not exactly what we say when we make the sign of the cross in baptism, but it's pretty darn good for a Shia LaBeouf movie. Am I right? So, all the woods, it's communicating the same thing in Christ. All your wolves are laid to rest. Now, there's a reason that I can stand in this pulpit uh, this evening and tell you these things with 100% certainty. Um, It's not because anything in me. It's because of what happened with Jesus. So when he was baptized, that was the beginning of his ministry. He really hadn't even started his public ministry yet but it was at the very beginning of his adult life as he was about to go out um, in his ministry. It was the first thing, but it foreshadows the last thing. foreshadows the very reason that Jesus was born for us at Christmas in this time being. See, his submersion into the River Jordan, it is a harbinger of his submersion into the darkness and death of the cross. He did this for our sake. He was baptized for our sake. For our sake, his father, who called him his beloved son at his baptism, did not protect him from the fear and pain of death. Jesus willingly walked to the cross for you and for me. For our sake on the cross is where the Lamb of God took away the sins of the world and took yours away forever. And yet, that wasn't the end of the story for his emergence from those same waters of baptism. Well, that signals for us the emergence of from the grave, from the tomb, on the third day, for our sake. He did this for you. That you might be marked as Christ's own forever. St. Paul says it this way, We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism and to death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. Just like Jasper says, today's the first day of your life. Nothing can touch you now under the grace of the Lord. And God's power, unlike your own, God's power, well, you can never, ever overestimate that. Amen.